Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. We live by faith, and we're called to walk by faith. And faith includes this idea of waiting. And, and I want to encourage you to wait on the Lord. And I don't know what the context is exactly for you, but maybe you're in a place where you have no strength, you have no ability to handle the situation that you're in, but God's able. And that's what we need to remember. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study through the books of the Old Testament prophets. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Isaiah chapter 40. Now here's Pastor Brian. He brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth useless. Now, one thing just to touch on really quickly here before we move on. Notice he says, that he sits above the circle of the earth. Now, you know, we've heard people even in our time talking about the earth being flat. Uh, There's kind of a flat earth movement that's arisen recently. You can find people on the internet talking about the flat earth. And then, of course, uh, there is the idea that that certain people believed in a flat earth at some time. And and sometimes when, when some people are wanting to talk about what in their mind is the stupidity of Christians, uh, for example, or people who believe in God, they will refer to them as something like a flat earther, thinking that Christians think the world is flat or did at one time think the world is flat. Well, listen, Isaiah, 700 years before the time of Christ, understood that the world was not flat. He said the Lord sat above the circle of the earth. There are other passages. So the Bible never taught that the earth was flat. So again, we, we see so often how there are what we know today as accurate scientific statements found in the scripture long before the scientific revolution ever came around to codify or categorize these things. And here's just one example of that. But verse 23, now he's talking about the princes. He's talking about the rulers. And He's talking about the, the judges of the earth. They're useless. And then he says this. He says, scarcely shall they be planted. Scarcely shall they be sown. Scarcely shall their stock take root in the earth when he also will blow on them and they will wither and the whirlwind will take them away like stubble. So he's talking about the great rulers of, of the world and how they just barely get themselves situated in power, and then they're taken away. And it it goes back because the grass withers, the flower fades. This is the glory of man, and it doesn't matter what position you attain in life, you're as vulnerable as the next person. You might be the the ruler of a nation, but you're as vulnerable as the, the poorest person in your kingdom when it comes to the possibility of of dying. And that's what the Lord is saying here. So many things in this 40th chapter, we're talking about God's omnipotence. We're talking about his his power. We're talking about how he knows everything. We're talking about how he's sovereign over the nations. And that's what this is talking about, that the rulers of the nations, they don't have nearly the kind of control they think they have. And they can just, you know, be on the rise and then suddenly they're cut down. 
And that was true then, and it's true today. So to whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who bring out their host by number. So he's calling them to look at the sky and look at the night sky and look at the the stars. And he's asking the question, who created these? Who brings out their host by number? He calls them all by name by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. Amazing. So this past Sunday, we were looking at how Jesus said to us not to worry about our lives. And then we, we took some time to look at, okay, Jesus said that. Now, is that something that I can depend on? I mean, well, well who is Jesus to say that? And then we talked about how Jesus is God who became a man. And we looked at some of the miracles that he performed to, to prove who he was. But then I quoted from those two great passages in the New Testament where they're called the Christological in the sense that they emphasize who Christ is. And in both Colossians chapter one and in Hebrews chapter one, both of them, when speaking of Christ, And he being the brightness of God's glory, the express image of his person, he's the image of the invisible God, according to Paul in Colossians. But both of them say that he holds all things together by the word of his power. And so that's really just an echo of what is said here in Isaiah, that he calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. So the prophet is prophesying to the people in this distress. And he's encouraging them that God is still with you. And not only is God with you, but he's a great, great God. And then he just says, look tonight, go out and look at the stars and just know that every one of those stars. Now, of course, they couldn't see nearly as many stars as there are. Uh, We can't either with the naked eye. But again, the scripture knew even though you could theoretically, with the naked eye, you could count the stars, at least you could count the ones that could be seen. But the scripture always knew and told us in advance that the stars were innumerable. And sure enough, that's exactly what they are. But what we read here is that he knows each of them by name. He calls them by name and not one of them is missing. And so I think we're so... We've been so naturalized by the culture. You know, naturalism is like the air that we breathe. It's the water that we swim in. And so we just tend to think of things in the natural. And I think we fail sometimes to just be encouraged by some of the basic aspects of nature, where if we just would look at nature and realize this is God's handiwork. So if I look up at the heavens and I realize the heavens declare the glory of God, this is my God. I am the child and the servant of the one who controls all of these things. And that is comforting. That, that is helpful. And that's exactly what Isaiah is attempting to do here for uh, the people of Judah. So verse 27, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, My way is hidden from the Lord and my just claim is passed over by my God. So this was the mindset of the people. In this captivity, they basically 
were of the mindset that God doesn't see me and God has forgotten me and God doesn't care about me. And obviously God doesn't love me. That's what they were saying. And Isaiah points that out. Why do you say this, O Jacob? You know, there can come times in in our lives, our circumstances are going to cause us to feel like this. And when that happens, this is where we really need to run back to the truths that are found here in this 40th chapter of Isaiah and beyond. Because these are the things that strengthen our faith. These are the things that bring us back to that confidence in the Lord. And so once again, the prophet says, have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the eternal God, the Lord, Yahweh, the creator of the ends of the earth. So now he just sums it all up. He's been telling, he's been telling them and telling us, about all of the works of God. Now he just makes it clear. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. But then he says this, he neither faints nor is weary. He never faints nor is weary. Think about that. God never faints. He's never weary. In other words, he doesn't lose strength. He doesn't need rest to rejuvenate. He doesn't take a break because he's exhausted and he's just too worn out to help. He doesn't have those kinds of things like we do. He's different than we are. He is never weary. He doesn't faint. His understanding is unsearchable and you know, once we just start to get our heads a little bit around some of the things like we've even talked about, like the size of the universe and all of that, you know, it doesn't take much to realize, wow, God's, his understanding is unsearchable. You know, the, the most brilliant human mind, it can't even be compared at all with the mind of the Lord. And, you know, when you just think about creation itself, creation is such a powerful testimony. And, you know, when in years gone by, you know, maybe before the scientific age, especially people, of course, had a lot of knowledge. They had a lot of understanding about things. But before the development of the the microscope and things like that, there were things going on behind the scenes that nobody even knew about. And just when you looked at just the outward, that was enough to convince anybody, I think, who was thinking about it properly that, this design is so amazing. It's so, it's so intricate. It's so beautiful. There, there must be a designer. But my point is this, now that we know even more, now that we know what we've learned through the microscope, now that we know what we've learned about the human genome and things like this, at this stage, to me, a denial of the divine, a denial of a creator is absolutely unpardonable. It is, there is just, it's without excuse. Now, even before this, it was without excuse. According to Paul in Romans chapter one, chapter one, he said that. Uh, but, but how much more now? Because when you look at these unbelievable things and then you say, well, it just all happened accidentally or just, you know, natural circumstances brought it about. That's not using the God-given intellect 
uh, in the proper way that God intended for us. So he neither faints as weary. There's no searching his understanding. And here's where it gets really personal. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. These are some of the greatest words ever penned, ever spoken. Such amazingly encouraging words. Now, as I said, I have myself derived so much encouragement from these chapters of Isaiah and this 40th chapter, and especially these verses, verses 27 through 31, these verses have literally saved my life on a few occasions. But thinking back in my own personal experience of of living through a time of tremendous weakness, a time of tremendous fatigue, uh, a time of, of battling illness that went on and on and on, seemed like endlessly. And, um, you know, being a a relatively young guy at the time and having been very strong, you know, prior to this affliction, and then just this long protracted season of, of weakness. And I remember in those times, these verses would come to me and give me hope that there, there was actually the possibility that things would change, that even though I, as a young man, uh, was weary and fainting, that the Lord could renew my strength. And, and the, the one prerequisite for the promise being fulfilled was the one that anyone can do, and it was wait on the Lord. And, and I remember very clearly at least a couple of occasions, but one time specifically where the Lord just spoke this so clearly to me, um, to wait on him. What does it mean to wait on him? Well, you know, some translations read to trust in him. And certainly trusting in him is part of the idea here. But I think waiting is really the best way to understand this word. Those who those who wait on the Lord, because there is a faith. This is, this is a, a faith thing here. And, and with the life of faith, there is this element where we live with an expectation from God that we have not yet received, but we, we believe in it. So we wait for it. And so when Isaiah is saying to the people, and subsequently to anyone else who is in this position, when he's saying that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength, he's saying that those who who trust in God, those who rely upon him, those who depend upon him, and they show that by waiting for him, by not turning to some other source for help, by not turning to another God, for example. You know, there are, Pictures in scripture of people, King Saul is an interesting example of a person who couldn't wait on the Lord. He was impatient. He wanted things done now. And so when he was 
specifically told by Samuel the prophet, go to Gilgal and wait for me there. And uh, he goes, and but Samuel doesn't come. His, his coming is delayed. And Saul, he can't handle that waiting. So he goes ahead and he does things that he wasn't supposed to do. And when Samuel comes and rebukes him, he says, well, I told you to wait. And then Saul makes up some reason why you know he didn't. But my point is that Saul exemplifies not waiting. He's not trusting. He's turning to other things. He's turning to his own devices. Some cases, the Israelites, of course, would be tempted to turn to the, to the gods of the nations, the Babylonian deities, but he's just reminded them that there's, there's nothing to turn to there. That's wood and metal, and it's the making of human, uh, you know, human hands have made it. There's nothing there. Wait on the Lord. And so when it comes to us, remember, we live by faith and we're called to walk by faith. And faith includes this idea of waiting. And and I want to encourage you to wait on the Lord. And I don't know what the context is exactly for you, but maybe you're in a place, maybe you're in a place that's just described here. Maybe you're in a place of weakness Maybe you're in a place where you have no strength. You have no ability to to handle the situation that you're in. But, you know, God's able. And that's what we need to remember. And this is where, as I was saying a few minutes ago, you know, we have got to break away from the, the mindset of the natural. And we've got to realize that we serve the living God. We serve the true God. And the true God is a God who does things that are supernatural. The true God is, is one who does things that can't be done by human means. And we today can believe that and should believe that. And this passage here in Isaiah 40, verse 31, is a great promise that... For those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. God will renew your strength. God will fix that situation. God will take care of it. And the outcome will be, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, again, I want to be, you know, there, we, ha- we have to be, wise when we look at scripture and when we apply it. Um, Of course, the first application here would be for the people that the message came to. It came to the people of Israel and their captivity there in Babylon. But then there's the message that comes to us as well as the people of God, because just as the people of Israel were the people of God in Isaiah's day, we, the church, Christians are the people of God today. And so we can look at this passage and we can take and we can receive the same kind of encouragement from it. But I want to say this also, that there are promises that God will give to you personally. God will speak words of promise to you as a person, to you in your particular circumstance And this passage might not apply to somebody else right now. God might be saying something else to them. But to you, he's saying this. How do you know that? How do you know God's saying it? Well, one way that I think you know is it just comes to you in such a forceful way. 
or sometimes it comes to you in such a subtle way. Those are two opposite things almost, right? There's a forceful and then there's a subtle, but, but both of them are distinct. And I've had both. They come sometimes in such a forceful way in the sense that I just know it's almost like in the illustration has been used many times where it's like the words leap off the page. Suddenly the words just jump off the page And unlike, you know, you maybe have been reading your Bible, maybe you've been having a time of devotion, a time of meditation, maybe you're going through something and you're reading and it's good and it's fine, you're glad you're reading your Bible, but all of a sudden you hit one passage and it just seems to leap off the page. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is giving you that word and he wants you to take that word and he wants you to embrace it and live according to it. And so maybe that's happening. Maybe it's the leaping off the page. Maybe it's leaping uh, out of the screen and saying, this is God's word for you. Wait on the Lord. You'll renew the strength. Then I said the other times, it's, it's kind of almost the opposite where, where it's very subtle, but it's, but it's also certain. And I've had both of these things. I've had it leap off the page. And then I've had just a subtle, settled, deep, like it's like a deep conviction that is, is just undeniable that, yeah, this is, this is the Lord's word. And so receive that. When God brings us those words, we, by faith, are to receive them and we're to wait. And the, the thing about waiting is, you know, we're, we don't set the timer. God sets the timer. And so, uh, but as long as we need to wait, we wait. And as we wait on him, We just continue to meditate on who he is, think about him, stay faithful to his word and uh, just, you know, keep seeking him and, and know that he will fulfill his promise in his time. And the, the promise here specifically is that of renewing strength and mounting up with wings like eagles running and not being weary, walking and not fainting. You know, in my, in my own situation, like I said, I, I had this uh, long-term chronic situation for many, many years. And it really hit me in the, the, you know, my prime in my mid-20s actually and lasted for a long, long, long time. And um, there were seasons there where I knew God had given me this, but I could just, I could never even imagine how it would ever materialize because of the way I felt the weakness that I lived with. But you know, I can sit here before you today and I can testify that God has fulfilled his word and, and he renewed my strength. And I remember saying to somebody not all that long ago, I said, you know, the crazy thing in my life is I felt stronger and better in my fifties than I did in my thirties. And you know, you're supposed to feel stronger in your thirties than you do in your fifties. But you know, God, God did that for me. And that's my story. That's my personal testimony. Yours will be different. But the one thing that's the same for all of us is that these are God's words. We are God's people. And we can expect the Holy Spirit to speak God's word to us and apply it to our situation. And then we are responsible to believe it and to trust and to wait and to let God do what he promised to do.
For the month of August, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled 15 New Testament Words of Life, a New Testament Theology for Real Life by Dr. Nijay Gupta. How can we understand some of the most important concepts in the Bible? And how can those concepts make a practical impact on our lives? In his book, 15 New Testament Words of Life, Dr. Nijay Gupta traces 15 words through the Bible that make an impact on how we live the Christian life. Words like righteousness, faith, and holiness. You'll learn their Old Testament background, discover their relevance during New Testament times, make connections with other passages in the Bible, and realize their practical impact for living life today. This book will help to bring theology to life. If you want to see how some of the most important theological themes in the Bible can come to life for you, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. To order 15 New Testament Words of Life, a New Testament Theology for Real Life by Dr. Nijay Gupta. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Isaiah. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.